This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? It's our time. Yes, it is. Well, uh, we had a very fun week um, of hockey, which was really enjoyable with uh, both the Rangers game, New Jersey game, and we even won a trophy uh, before uh, the um, the playoffs even started yet. But um, one thing we do want to touch on very first, um, this was right before the... uh, Rangers game, um, where it happened, but the Hurricanes finally released a statement on uh, Chip Tracy. We don't want to give much thought into this, um, and I believe you're pulling up the uh, statement yeah. from the so Hurricanes. We, there's been a lot of speculation as, as out there just due to due to things that went on on social media. We're not going to talk about that. That's really not not our place, but we will read the, the the statement from the Carolina Hurricanes from General Manager and President Don Waddell, which stated, Trip is going to take some time away from the team and the broadcast to address a personal matter. We are in full support of his efforts to get healthy and ask that everyone please respect his privacy in this matter. So that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to respect Trip's privacy. He will be in our thoughts and prayers on his road to getting healthy. Exactly. And that's all that we just wanted to touch on that. Nothing more, uh, nothing less. But um, during the Rangers game, we had um, Shane Willis filling in for Trip Tracy. I thought he, I think he's very natural at it. Very good. Um, Alongside uh, Mike, who I think Mike just keeps getting better and better after every game. And that Rangers game was huge. Uh, mainly because we have Kachikov back to playing in nets. And that was a real uh, testing ground for him. Yeah, I think a lot of it was because, and because I'm sorry, Ranta backed up that game. So Auntie Ranta was healthy enough to go, but they decided at the end of the day to start Kachetkov. So um, he played, and boy did he play. I mean, Kachetkov just looked absolutely amazing. He played fantastic. He shut down New York when they had really great opportunities. Any of the goals allowed were either ones he could not see or just really good shots that he really didn't have a chance on or an extra man attacker, which is the last goal that happened uh, with uh, Alexi Lafreniere. But you know, Kochetkov looked like he can start. So I think that game was for the Hurricanes to see, okay, can he play in a game that's as high stakes as this one? And, and he did. Yeah, he, he did. Well. He proved he proved it. And I also want to mention that uh I mean, yeah, you need your you need your goalie to make those big saves in those big moments. Um, but you also need the eighteen guys in front of you. To play very well. And I thought they really did in that Rangers game. And I thought that's the team that needs to show up in the playoffs when they start tomorrow night 
against the Boston Bruins for the third time. Yes. Last two times weren't so great. We got swept in the first, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the second time we met them, we lost in, I think it was five games. Yes. So we won one, lost in five. Um, but this season, we blasted Boston. So I think that we'll, we'll get to the series, but I think, I think this season could be different, and I think it will be different. But back to the Rangers game, this game was huge because it – Determine it more or less determined or kind of if Carolina won this game and they did, but if it, the, the stakes of this game was if Carolina had a win in any fashion, they clinched the Metropolitan Division. And to win a division title is huge, it helps with playoffs, it helps with home ice advantage. It's huge. So Carolina wanted to win this game. New York wanted to win this game to try and give them a chance to win the Metropolitan Division. Unfortunately. For them, it didn't, but fortunately for Carolina, we won. We showed up, we played a great game, and people who needed to score scored. Players who needed to have a good game, they actually had a pretty good game. Trocek opened the scoring, and that was huge. It was a great goal, a needed goal for him because his offense has been a little lackluster of late. So you got a great goal from Trocek, an assist from Shea and Nino. Nino's been on a tear, honestly. So he got another point, which and is Shea has been on a little bit of a, having an offensive flair in his game as oh, yeah. of recently. Oh, absolutely! Shea has been really good. I think honestly, Shea has been our third best defenseman. I, I believe Slavin and D'Angelo are one and two, and then I think Shea has surpassed um, surpassed Pesci. I don't. Really? I don't feel as though Pesci had the kind of a season that we're used to him having. I, I was more disappointed in his play overall this year than I have been in past years. Not saying Pesci is not a good player, because Brett Pesci is must have, must is a needed player and a needed asset on this on this roster. But I think he's had better years, which is you know sometimes you just have an off year, and I think he did. Yeah, and uh, for the year. Um what we're actually going to be doing later on this podcast is we're going to be grading these players. Uh, but for the year for Brady Shea, um, he, he played in all 82 games. Great for him. Uh, he got almost 40 points. He had nine goals and 30 assists. Uh, that is actually uh, one of his highest totals when I'm looking at his uh, career. I mean, here. Shea, Shea, um, was brought in because we wanted to bring in that extra player who could shut down, but also score. And initially it took, and it's taken him time to get there. Right. But he's gotten to that game. He's gotten to that ability to shut down when needed, but also create offense. And Shay's created offense this season more so than, than past seasons. Um, I think it's good to see. He hit his uh, career mark this year. Uh, he got 39 points, uh, which is the highest, uh, during his first full season with the Rangers. So good for him. Absolutely. He deserved it. Um, that second goal was Jordan Martinuk. That was um, that was a good goal. I mean, it, it was tipped off of him. It was. I mean, it was basically Derek Stepan's goal, right? Derek Stepan worked hard for it, got the shot off. It just happened to go off of Martinuk. Yeah. So, and I think it was, um, I mean, 
I heard from a couple of people being like, well, Martinuk didn't really deserve that goal. And I mean, yeah, Stepan did make the play, but props for uh, Martinuk uh, standing in front of the goalie. And that's what you need when you have more traffic in front of a guy like Shesterkin. You're going to need that because um, he, he will most likely stop it if he is not screened. And Mark Nook did just that. And I think it hit off of his um, side. I think the side of his stomach or something. I can't remember where it hit off of. I know it was in the uh, um, near his stomach area. But um, I mean, Mark that was a worked great. hard for positioning. So I think that's important to talk about. And I think that's if, if we get more of this Jordan Martinuk standing in front of the net, trying to get tips, trying to screen the goalie and for checking. Yeah, that's the kind of Martinuk we get. He's not going to score every game, but he's going to help create offense. Carolina probably has the best fourth line in the playoffs. I mean, with Coach Kinyemi, Martinuk and Natchez, that's a scoring line with some grit on it as well, because KK can hit and so can, um, so again, Martin Hook. Martin Hook's not going to be someone who's just easily pushed around, even though Chara tried. Um, but uh, Martin Hook's in Stepan, Natchez, Coach Kinyemi. I don't know what where, what's where Stepan slots in in the for game one if he does. But I think um, I think regardless, Carolina's forward depth is better than it ever has been, and I think that was the issue in past at least last year for sure. We didn't have the depth needed to truly make a deep run. And I think we have it this year. Exactly. Uh, I remember last year, um, it was during the national series where Slavin got hurt and w- no one could fill in his position. Um, I, I mean, Shay was the only one that could substitute for Slavin at times, but after, um, Shay, uh, there was literally nobody there. Jake Bean, I mean, he he doesn't have the body that Slavin has, so he's not really going to make that type of impact that Slavin does. But now that you've we've added uh, Ian Cole, who I think has clearly been the fifth best defenseman, um, and I think uh, he gets underrated at times. I was a huge fan of when we signed Ian Cole. And I'm still a, a fan of him. I think uh, there are still some flaws in this game. But I think he's done what um, we expected him to do, and that is to be a good third-pairing left-handed defenseman that can help uh, alongside with Shea and Slavin. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, Kreider scores to bring them within one, but Carolina gets it back pretty quickly with Tara Vinen scoring a beautiful goal from Trotra getting his second point and Shea getting his second point of the game. Yeah, uh, and I believe Tara Vinen faked that, I believe. Um, it was a great goal, um, and it just showed Carolina's resilience to, to get that one back, to get back up by two. Carolina has been that kind of a team all year. They just don't give up. They don't let things get to them, right? And I think that was big because they got the last goal before the end of the period. Before going into the third, they're up three to one. That's pretty important, you know. And also, you've popped three past Shesterkin. And that's not easy to do because Shesterkin is most likely going to win the Vesna. I think it's going to be Shesterkin. Anderson, and I'm not sure who else the third goaltender might be, but those two will probably be the, in the top three um, for sure. I saw the early voting, 
And apparently Anderson wasn't even in the top three. I think it was due to his injury. Well, I don't think why. that's really fair because Anderson played most of the season. Exactly. I didn't really like that, but that's just um, what I saw because I know the NHL posts stuff on uh, the socials when it comes to like the uh, points of the trophies. And I didn't see Anderson there. Now that that could change. Yeah. But um, I... I really do think Anderson deserves at least a nomination. Yes, for sure. And some votes at the very, very, very least. Uh, But start the third period, and Carolina does it again, and this time with their goal-scoring assist and point leader in Sebastian Ajo. Um, Scores the goal from Jarvis. Who's been hot. Unbelievable. And Slavin, who gets himself another point. So Carolina goes up four to one. And at that point, that, that's more or less, in my opinion, was the dagger. Yes, the Rangers pushed, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't. And th- I mean, that was, I believe, like 10 minutes left in the, in the third, maybe a little bit less. Actually, I do think it was less uh, late in the third, around the five minutes when the Rangers scored. Uh, with Jacob Truba scoring, yep, but at that t- time it was just too late for the yeah. Rangers. Truba scored at thirteen twelve. They're down by two, and then Alexei Lafreniere scores with about a minute and two seconds left. Now we did get nervous a little bit. Yeah, there. and I mean I think rightfully so. They're pushing, and the Rangers are a good team. They're not just going to go quietly into the night. Um, I think if anything, this game did potentially show that the Rangers' goaltender is not. God tier, like I think everyone feels like he is when we beat him four times. Um, have to wait and see. Um, but they played the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin are not to be taken lightly. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Carolina plays Boston if Carolina wins, and then the, we play whoever wins that. So we're playing Pittsburgh or the Rangers again. Carolina won both season series against exactly. They, they, they won significant. They they beat the Rangers. I think it was three out of the four times, and they beat the Penguins three out of the four times, and they beat Tampa Bay two out of the three times, I think, and then they beat Boston all three times. They've beat um, the only they they did not win against the Capitals in the season series. It's the only other Metro Division opponent. The Caps won all but one game. Carolina did embarrass them at home. And that one win we did have. I was really impressed by that win. Oh, I was too. That was fantastic. But that was also the game Anderson, I think, got initially hurt. Um, And then you have, um, let's see, Toronto. That was a season series won by the Leafs, but Carolina did beat them once. Uh, Florida. Florida Florida won every single game. But we did get points out of the series. I think two of those games went to overtime. So we did get two points out of there. So, you know, we can still skate with Florida. We split the season series with Colorado. Um, I believe we beat the uh, the Flames both times. Um, Carolina is good. I don't think. I really don't think there is a team in the playoffs that Carolina can't skate with. That Carolina cannot beat. That Carolina has not been competitive against at, at some point in the season. Even if they lost every game, Carolina was competitive with Florida. Carolina's was competitive with Washington. The only game they weren't competitive with Washington was the one game when when Washington beat us at home. But they hadn't won a home game in, I think, all month. 
So they were kind of due for it anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the end of that Rangers game. Then we go to the mostly useless game in uh, New against New Jersey, the last game, which was at home. What's funny about this game is that where you and I were sitting at uh, toward our left, which was... Um, it was our right. The, oh, no, no, right. That's right. The, our right was... Um, Anderson, Slavin, and Stahl uh, dressed um, in their suits, just watching the game from the yeah, top. And they interacted with some fans. That was cool to see. Um, it's always, you know, really at that point, you know, this game, we're really not going to get into a lot of detail with it. There's not, not much to talk about. Carolina manhandled New Jersey. Yeah, it and I was, more, I was more entertained by just stall and slaving right yeah. over there yeah, and i was sure. about the game the most important thing about this game though is coach kenyemi comes back from injury and he played like an elite player he was all over the ice all over new jersey creating chances creating opportunities he had two assists I think within the first 10 minutes of the game, if that, and he had a goal all in the first period. He had three points, two assists and a goal in the first period. That's pretty darn impressive. Oh, it was. And that whole line was good. It was KK, Natchez, and Martinuk. Now, as we're recording this, um, Chip Alexander has been keeping us up to date of the practices, uh, especially today at PNC a day before the, uh, first playoff game and he had um it was Trocheck with Domi and Teravinen and uh the fourth line was KK Stepan and I believe Martinuk if yeah Martinuk and then it was Fetch Aho and Jarvis so um it's going to be interesting to see what those lines do obviously I think well we'll get to it when we uh discuss the matchup against Boston. Um but yeah, a great game. Um fun. At the end of that game we found out th- uh that we won the William Jennings trophy. It was split between um Anderson and Ranto cuz they each both um qualified by playing at least 25 games. The question is does Anderson take the top half of the tr- of the trophy? <laughs> Who knows? I think it's funny. Um, I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm glad for those two. I, I think this award means a lot to both players who both were honestly counted out. They were discarded by both of their their franchises. Toronto was done with Anderson, and Arizona was done with Ronta. And some thought maybe Ronta's career was over, which is why he was nominated by Carolina for the Bill Masterson Award, and he earned that. And for sure. And I think he has a chance possibly to win it, but um I do I, as well. Last hurricane to win it was Manny Maholtra. That's right, I forgot about Manny. He only had uh he only played with one eye he could see out of, I remember that player. And um it was it was good to see um them win an award, like the the William Jennings trophy and um, Anderson and Ronta, no, no other two goaltenders really deserved that. They were fantastic. They were really, really, really great. They played really, really, really well. I think it was well earned. Oh, I do too. Now, um, after the New Jersey game, it is the end of the regular season. Uh, 
our very first episode, I remember we recorded, um, it was during the all-star break and we get, gave every player a, uh, mid season grade. And we're going to hold to that, uh, type of format. And we're going to give, uh, our thoughts and our grades of in season. Uh, Sam, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first and we'll just do each player back and forth. So first one was Sebastian Ajo. He was great this year. Um, I still feel like Ajo can take another step. I think he I has agree. to take another step, especially in the playoffs. He was about a point per game. I still believe he needs to do more. And that's not criticizing him at all. He I can be a 90-point player. And he should. He should be somewhere between 90 and 100 points. That should be what Ahu is. That is what your franchise player needs to do. But he was still elite this year. I gave him an A, just a straight-up A. I thought he earned that. I thought he played fantastic. And I expect more from Ajo in the playoffs. And I think we're going to get it because he wants to win. These last three years getting booted from the playoffs by Boston twice and Tampa Bay last year. And this is his opportunity to get revenge. I truly believe we're going to see a lot more from Ajo. I think he's going to show us that he is an elite forward. And he is still our best forward. Um, the, to me, the only player that can probably pass him is uh, Svechnikov. In, in all honesty. Um, and with Ajo, I gave him a grade of a B plus. And the reason why is what we just talked about. I think we can see more of that star power that he has. Because there, cause there were times where he didn't really show it. But you can tell uh, clearly when he is on this game. Um, I think a great example is when we went on that uh, long road trip uh, in Canada, at Calgary, Edmonton. He was just dynamite, and unfortunately, after that, he was put on COVID protocol. Um, but Ajo, he's been playing amazing. I, he's still great, so I gave him a B plus. That's that's good. I think. I mean, I, I said I rated him just a little higher, but I think we both agree. We expect more from him, and we expect him just to continue to get better. And I think he can expect. I think I don't think our expectations are any higher than what his are, because he wants to win more than anybody on that team. And he's a leader. Yes, he he definitely. I think he's a future captain for absolutely, this absolutely. I think it's between him and Slavin. I, I could see both. One of them being the captain, or who knows? Maybe we'll go back to the co-captains. Oh gosh, no! <laughs> Please, what was it? Justin Falk and. Uh... Jordan Stone. Oh, gosh, yeah. Brilliant mind of Bill Peters right there, folks. And then the next player on this list is Andrei Svechnikov. Andrei Svechnikov was really good this year. I still, like I said, I I expect him to continue to get better. He He did not have the pressure of the contract. He doesn't have the pressure of the contract for eight years. This year was year number one. So he's just going to keep getting better. Um. I think he expects him to get himself to get better. Again, I don't think that we have, I personally have put any more expectation on him that he does not have on himself. I think Svechnikov can be that 40, 50 goal scorer a year, or at least close to it, or hovering between like 30. Honestly, between 30 and 50 is where he should be sitting at every season. And I think on the high end of 30. So I gave him an A. He played I did too. really, really, really good. 
and I expect to see more from him in the playoffs. I think we will. Because, and, and in the future. Absolutely, because I think these last three years getting knocked out meant a lot to him, too, and he's not happy with it. And he expects to be better. He's tougher. He's stronger than he was when we played the Caps in the first time. He's tougher and stronger than he was when we played Boston and got knocked out by Boston both times. And I think he's even, and he didn't really have a great, the great, great year last year. He's better this year than he was when we played Tampa Bay. And so is Aho. So is Tara Vinen. I expect all of these players who are our elite players who are better this year. I think that's going to matter this year more than it ever has. And I think you're going to see this team take a step. Exactly. And, uh, like uh, what you said uh, with Sveshnikov giving, giving him an A, I did too. Um, I think with uh, he's kind of in the same boat as Ajo in that I do think there's more. I think he he can definitely be a 40 to 50 goal scorer. Um, he hit 30 this year, which was great. Uh, he doubled those goals than last year compared to 15, which was a bit of a struggle, but it was a shortened season last year, which we need to realize. And that was probably, probably hard on a lot of players and honestly on a lot of teams too, because of that shortened season. Uh, but I thought he bounced back really well. I think next season we could talk about him being right up there with Ajo. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. And you know, this, the third player on this list is Tara Vinen. He's always good. Tara Ter- is always good. I-, I think this year... I- he was a little more shaky this year, I thought. Yeah, I-, I felt so too. I felt like he was more inconsistent, but he's still always good. So, you know, you're never going to rate him lower than an A-. And-, and I did not. He's an A- for me. Um, I still think, and at least that's my opinion, I, I cannot justify personally rating him lower than in, in the A's. Because Tara Vinen's just elite. He's still elite. I think maybe he was plagued with an injury. He he had COVID, and sometimes that just lingers for people. So I think I I'm, think that affected him the most than anybody else. No, for sure. I think as so as well. I think you have um, some good um, some good reason for that, and, and I expect uh, Teravainen to kick it up again in the playoffs because he wants to win too. Oh yeah, he does. And I mean, obviously with Teravainen, it is a He's a little bit more quieter in showing his emotions. Aho um, is a fin that really shows it. But Teravainen, I mean, you can tell that when he loses, he doesn't like it either. Um, and he's also a huge Chipotle fan, from what <laughs> I've heard. I believe that. Um, next player is Seth Jarvis. I gave him an A. Yeah, I, I actually rated him at A+. He got my highest rated forward so far. Um and I think, you know, you might question like, oh, why is he an A-plus and Andrei Svechnikov and Svechnikov aren't? Well, because there were no expectations on this kid. No, there and, weren't. And he's done nothing but shatter them. He had a lull. He's a young kid. He's a rookie. This is second year pro. I mean, he. I mean, if that, and he's playing on top line minutes now, he, in the last probably month, two months, he's been on a tear Seth Jarvis has done nothing but impress me, has done nothing but truly, truly play an outstanding brand of hockey. Um, I think uh, it's been said by people that he could be the best and most purest and literally the most pure natural goal scorer on this team. I agree. 
I think he could be. I think he will be. I, I think it's going to be him and Svechnikov. And if they both can get to that point where they are pure goal scorers, I think this team is going to be in really, really good hands. Yes, and I think that's going to be a uh, difference maker, the goal scoring ability of this team, again, in the playoffs. Uh, and Seth Jarvis, again, I gave him an A. Uh, you gave him a plus because there's no expectations, expectations, like you said, and he comes out, he gets 40 points, I believe. Let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Yes, he does. 17 goals, 23 assists for 40 points. That is great for a rookie. Um, I am not going to, there was one, like you said, there was one, that one stretch, one stretch he did not play well, um, and Brendan Moore actually uh, put him up in in the box sitting for a couple games. But after that, he was on a tear, and I'm I, I like seeing that from a player like Jarvis. He plays a big game for a guy who's very small, and uh, n- nothing bad for me to say about him right now. Yeah, and I think that's important. Um, Next player was Marty Natchez. We've been tough on him. I was surprised. In my opinion, I feel like I gave him probably a better grade than I may have been talking about him. I gave him a C plus. I did too. But I, I, for me, that's because I feel as though Natchez in the last month has kind of started to play better. And he has. I feel like Natchez is in the process of taking a step. And it's hard for me to rate him lower than this because most of my problems with him are five on five. That's where in the offensive zone where he turns the puck over, but he is an elite penalty killer. He's an elite skater and he's an elite puck handler most of the time. So it's hard for me, but I felt like we could have, we could have and should have gotten a whole heck of a lot more from Natchez this season. Yeah, we definitely um, should have, but uh, with Netchus, he's been—it's been a roller coaster for him, no doubt. Um, but like you said, I do think he's starting to come around a little bit. He's showing why I think he he can be the best skater on this team, um, and I th- think he—he's he's a natural playmaker too. Uh, he's good at making passes. He needs to simplify his game. Is the biggest thing with Natchez because the, when you notice when he turns the puck over and he turned it over a lot, which is part of the reason why I gave him a C plus, is that he does too much with the puck. He needs to simplify his game um, and just to. T- Tone it down just a little bit. I think the better phrase is to simplify the game there. Um, I still think his ceiling is very high. Do we trade him? Maybe. At the end of the playoffs, end of regular season, maybe. Uh, I I still think he has high potential. Yes. Next is Vinny Trocek, my cousin Vinny. Um I gave him a B because I think in general his performance was good, but not great. Um, I think he was one of the most streaky players on on Carolina. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he did play big and 
important games. Again, like with Trocek, I don't think you can justify scoring him anywhere below a B. I think it's hard to because I think he's good. He got 51 points, which is good, but Trocek should probably be getting 60, 60. 70 points. Yeah. Um, I expect more. I don't know where he goes after this season. I don't know if we sign him again after this season. I, I don't know what the club's thought is. I know Elliot Friedman, I believe, had reported that Trocek is leaving after this year. I don't know. I, I really don't. It's going to be the playoffs as the defining moment for both him and I think Nino Ryder. Absolutely, because Trocek and Nino both have played very good regular seasons, but have not taken that step in the postseason. Um, and if, what who, what would you rate Nino as? Uh, well, Nino as an A. I, I rate him as an A plus. I mean that I'm I'm not gonna lie. You know, I'll just go ahead and lump them together because I think it's important because they're a unit with Nino Ryder, Stahl, and Fost. I gave all three A pluses. All three are fantastic. All three play well together. Their point totals are irrelevant to me. They play hard. They check hard. Most of their shift is usually in the offensive zone. I love that line. I have advocated for breaking them up at times when I believe the rest of the team isn't playing well. And sometimes you need to inject that. And I think we've seen with injuries to stall and other players that Max Domi can slot in at any point in that line. And you can move a piece off if it becomes necessary and they play well. So I believe personally that line is the best line on this team or most consistent line on this team. So I gave Nina Ryder, Stahl, Faust, all A-pluses. I think they all deserved it. Yeah, so with Nino, I gave him um, an A. And um, with Jordan Stahl, I gave him a B-plus. Uh, I do think an A can be um, justified uh, to give Stahl. I gave him a B-plus because I think I, and part of it was because of that very, very huge scoring slump um, at the beginning of the season. Uh, because you do want, even though he's not created to make points for this team, uh, that was just too long of a stretch to me, in my opinion. Um, but he has shown lights out his offense, uh, during like the last half of the season. Um, so I gave him a B plus right up there. You could also put an A for him. And with Jesper Foss, I put an A uh, with him as well. That whole line's been good. Here's a little bit of stats for you. Jesper Faust has uh, 34 points, 14 goals, 20 assists. Jordan Stahl, 17 goals, 19 assists for uh, 36 points. And Nino Niederreiter, who leads that line in points, with 24 goals and 20 assists for 44 points. Mm. That is probably one of the best third lines in hockey. Yeah, it's going to be tough for teams to beat it. I mean, if you look at Boston, right, just as a quick example, Boston's top line, I think, is Bergeron, Bergeron Pasternak, yeah. and Marchand. That's hard to beat. I don't think Carolina has a better line than that. But after that, what does Boston have? They do have Taylor Hall. But other than that, like what? Like I don't think Taylor Hall is better than Ajo Svechnikov, Jarvis, or even um, Teravine and Trocheck or Nina Ryder, right? I think Hall is good, but I definitely don't think he is better than that. Yeah, definitely, and um, I mean, they also have a player that um, 
used to be an ex-Hurricane in Eric Halla. Um, but I don't, I mean, he's done well in Boston, but he's only gotten 44 points for him. So he, he's not, I don't think he's a true top six player, um, in my opinion, Eric Halla is. I think Eric Halla is a very, I think he's in betweener. When it comes to second and third line, I think at times he probably could, but he's not a solidified top six player. Uh, Eric Halla. Eric Halla. Um, I mean, he had 44 points uh, in 78 And just games. like last year, we get another series where fans get to boo Eric Halla when he touches the puck. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, so next is Jordan Martinook and Stephen Lawrence. I'm going to combine them because I think they're kind of similar. They are. Um, I gave Martinook a C plus and Lorenz a C. Martinook a C plus because of what he brings and his energy is important. Um, I felt like he. I, I just Martinook's offensive output is not what it needs to be, and which is why he's in the C's. But his energy helps elevate that score. Uh, Stephen Lawrence, I think, has a better offensive upside than Martinook. Yeah, I agree. And he's, but I, I think he has a lot to learn. I, I gave um, Jordan Martinook a C, not really a C plus, mainly because even though he isn't um, not, um, supposed to be a goal scorer at all, uh, this was one of his lowest years in the goal scoring department. I, I I think he can score just a tad more. I'm not expecting much though. Again, no, not from Martinook, um, but I I mean. I like Lawrence. Yes. If it was up to me, I mean, if, if I had to be, had a choice of either putting Martinuk on my team or Lawrence, that's tough. It's I'd tough. probably put. Um, I think Martinuk ha- has the energy factor that Lawrence doesn't, but I think Lawrence has more of an offensive power to his game and than, room to grow. Lawrence and is room younger. to grow than Martinuk. Uh, I I probably put uh, Lawrence yeah. in my group, but um, well, next is Derek Stepan. I gave him an A. I gave him a B, but I think an A is justifiable. Um, I think with Derek Stepan, he's in a unique capacity all on his own because he's the guy who comes in and out. Right? He's that you know thirteenth forward. Right? He pops in. He but he can play. First, second, third, fourth line. He's skilled enough to do it all. And he has answered the bell. He's had a great attitude about everything. He's played unbelievable. I, I think Derek Stepan is really, really, really good. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I think he, um, after this season, do we keep him? Probably not. I'm Probably not. But I think uh, he has... The way he's been playing for this team, I do think he can be a bottom six, a very good bottom six forward. I don't know if I'd rate him to be a top nine as of yet, um, but he's he, he's been playing really good in the limited amount of ice time he has given. Um, I gave him, gave him an A because I think he brought um, a lot more than what we were expecting. With um, Derek Stepan. Now, the guy that we got at the trade deadline, Max Domi. Yes. I gave him a B. Now, 
Uh, after the first few games we acquired him, I probably would have given him a C. But I think he's kind of showing what he can bring right now. So I gave him a B because I thought he's played pretty good the last three or four games. For me, it was hard to, to rate him because small sample size. Like we kind of talked off podcast about Kochetkov. Small sample size, just three games, right? Max Domi. Just, 19 games. For yeah. Him. And, and to me, I don't know. I gave him a C plus, and that's kind of where I go. My go to don't know yet. I think the playoffs will determine kind of how I feel about him. Um, but I think overall he wasn't a net negative for the team. I think he's still been a positive. His tough. He's not going to let people push him around. He'll go out there and defend your stars if he needs to. Um, so I think he brings benefits. So like I said, C plus. And there's Arguments a little bit definitely of grit. Can be made for B. I mean, yeah. he's he's great. Yeah, he's gritty. He's tough. He's a fighter. He's gonna. He he's not afraid to stand up to players like Zidane Charo. He won't he won't be afraid to stand up. He has to a players. bit of his father. Yeah. Absolutely. He he won't be afraid to stand up to to Pasternak or Bergeron or, or Marchand, the rat, right? You're not going to be afraid of that. But um, I think it's important to note that um, Domi will, my overall opinion of him, I think, would be more formed in the playoffs. Yes. He's the only tough one, really, on mm-hmm. this list. Um, now, to me, the next player is the most interesting player on this team, to me. To talk about KK, uh, we acquired him in a very aggressive move with the offer sheets, and at the beginning of the season, it was hard for him um, at the very beginning. But he has proven uh, to be getting better, and when you see him, especially I think in that New Jersey game that we just talked about, he has a lot of upside to his game. That I think he he he's definitely going to be in the top six next year. Um, with that big contract, I expect him to be in the top six. Um, but KK, I gave him a B. Um, mainly uh, part of it be uh, not being an A because of the beginning of the season. He was getting trying to get used to the Brendamore style, but KK. Recently, has been I very good. He's battled through a couple injuries that Lars Eller hit, and Washington was a little bit damaging to him. But he, I think he can be kind of uh, what we expect Trocheck to be a, a 60, 70 point player. I gave Jesperi Kukinemi a B. I thought he played well. I think there was some interesting expectations on him i think there was a combination of high low whatever montreal fans just hate that he played well this year and he did um i expect great things from kokanyami and the team does too because he got an eight-year contract so they expect him to be good the carolina hurricanes have number two and number three locked up for eight years from that draft that's unbelievable that's almost never done never heard of and kokinemi if he can become that number two center and when given that ice time he's proven it i remember that time when a lot of the top six players were on the covid list and we brought up jack drury during that time he proved it i think he can be a top six player 
And I, th- I agree. I agree completely. All right, so the next, we're talking about the defenseman. Jacob Slavin, A+. Plus. I have nothing else to say on Jacob Slavin. I don't think anything else needs to be said about Jacob Slavin. Great He player. is Jacob Slavin. And as his Jacob Slavin, he gets an A+. Plus. Same here. <laughs> I'm not talking that much about him. I, I, he's clearly the best defenseman on the team. Absolutely. He's the best defenseman in hockey. Period. No, he doesn't score, but he is the best defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. You were never going to convince me otherwise. I wish there was the a. Tr- I wish there was a trophy for best defensive defenseman, because it seems like uh, that trophy that I'm forgetting the Norris. Norris. That's right. It's mainly for the offensive. Yeah. Point defenseman, which I mean, I can understand a little bit, but if if we're rewarding a. Uh, Offensive defenseman with a tr- with with a trophy. I think you need to do the same for defenseman of Slavin style. So that's just my take. Again, nothing bad to say about that player at all. Pesci had a bit of a rougher season. I thought. Yes, I gave him a B minus. That's still good. I mean, Pesci is still good. I feel like this has probably been his worst year of late. But you know, a Pesci worst year is a lot of defensemen's best year. So I think it's important to recognize that Brett Pesci is an integral part of this team. He's going to be in the playoffs. We need him. He needs to be there. Just I expect I expect more. I expect him to give more in this playoffs because he wants to win too, like everybody on this roster. So I expect um, Brett Pesci to to step up again. I think he's played better as of late too. I gave him B plus just because he's what you said. He's been playing better as of late. Um, if he wasn't, I probably would have given him a uh, B. But, I mean, a bit of a rougher uh, season. The thing with Pesci is that he's kind of an in-betweener, I think, as well. Of um, At his worst, I think he's a top-four defenseman. But at his best, I think he's a top-two. So I, I think he, at times he kind of hovers that line of being a top-four when he can be a top-two defenseman still a great defenseman though um tony d'angelo we loved this guy everybody's been listening to us yes we like his play absolutely i gave him an a plus and the reason i gave him an a plus is because from game one to game 82 he has done nothing but shatter expectations people expected him to come in and be a cancer to this locker room well that's not true tony d'angelo has been unbelievable the players like him the most of the fans like him you still get some of these stupid commentators who like to try and make out like d'angelo is still the bad guy um he's not he has played well he has shown that he has changed he is doing a lot of good for this organization and for this team he has been an upgrade from dougie hamilton he has scored more points than dougie hamilton has done with carolina um Tony has just he has just been amazing. He's been that offensive need from the blue line with defensive upside that that Dougie didn't have because Tony D'Angelo is faster and more versatile than than Dougie is. And I mean, uh, Tony, what else can you say about Tony D'Angelo? If you don't like him, then you're just holding on to something to make yourself feel better. He's been plenty. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he has. I gave Tony D'Angelo an A plus as well. I think he has been the most surprising player on this team, and we're we only are giving him a one million dollar contract. Now it's just for this year, but that's just amazing for someone who can produce 
uh, over 50 points. He's a 50, he, he made 51 points uh, this year, which is great. Now he's going to get a bit of a pay upgrade there, a bit of a raise uh, at the end of the season. He deserved it though. He earned it. He did. And uh, I, I, I hope that that play continues in the future. He's still, he's 26 years old. So there's still a bit of a future for him um, with us as well. And, and you can justify an eight, an eight year contract for that 26, um, eight years. That puts him at 34. That's kind of at the end of your, your peak. So I think eight years is good for D'Angelo. I think he could play solid hockey for eight seasons. <laughs> if he wants an eight yeah. by eight, give it to him. He's earned it. Oh, I do too. Um, I agreed not paying uh, Hamilton, was but it was I ten. It, it was nine and a half. Good gracious! But the thing with Hamilton is that I didn't think there was a fit for him. To me, with D'Angelo, I think something fit there. The problem too was is as Dougie Hamilton wanted a long term deal, and Dougie Hamilton's older than. Tony D'Angelo. So, couple years older. So I don't think the team wanted to do eight, and I don't think the team wanted to do nine and a half. They weren't going to pay him more than Ajo, and I think that's no. kind of where they, they were like, mm, no more than Ajo. So I think that was reality, and he didn't deserve more than Ajo. Yes. Um, next player, uh, another defenseman in Brady Shea. I uh, gave him a uh, B plus. I gave him an A. And I think... Uh, he, he showed that he's a great, I think, um, I think he is probably the best two-way defenseman yes. on this team. I think with Slavin, there's not really a lot of offensive upside with Slavin. I think Slavin's the best defensive defenseman. I think Tony D'Angelo is the best offensive. With Shea, he brings both to the table. I agree. I think Shea's had a really good year. A lot of my my stuff with Shea, and I've I've kind of hinted at you know if there's something available, maybe you trade him. It's just it's just his cap hit. It has nothing to do with him as a player. He's fantastic, but I think his cap hit might be higher than I would want to pay him. But I mean, I gave Shea an A because I think he earned it. He did. He's played very very good this year. He's he's done nothing but continuously get better for this organization. So. I I like that about him. So, you know, if he keeps going up in production, he keeps playing better, then he's going to grow into the, the contract that he has. Yeah, and he got around almost, uh, I already said it earlier on this podcast, I th- yeah, 39 points. So not, not terrible for a guy who's making five, a little over $5 million. Um, next would be Ian Cole, who I, I know you're a big fan of. Um, I think he's fantastic. I, I gave him a B minus, and that's just because he's a third pair defenseman. And he hasn't played every game this year. I actually gave him a C, and to me, the reason why I gave him a C was because um, of the expectation uh, coming in to the season. Because I mean, he's not a top four defenseman, but he's a great third pairing defenseman, um, and I think he. Met that expectation. He's also had some penalty trouble on the last several. He months, has, so. which is why I didn't really want to give him like a B plus or an A. Because yeah, I think it's fair. Like I said, I gave him a B minus. I think he's good. I think he's defenseman number five on this team. He's great. He's a good shutdown player. Um, you trust him more than you trust 
flurry or more than you would trust being, especially being, you know, a lot of the issues stemmed for Carolina in the past two seasons, but a lot really the last season is, do you trust Jake Bean and, you know, and double overtime? Not really. Would you trust Ian Cole? Yeah. Oh, I would too. You trust Ian Cole. You trust and he won the Stanley man. Cup with Pittsburgh. Yes. So Ian Cole is a winner. He knows what to do in the playoffs. So he's trustworthy. He is. And the last, uh, well, not the last defenseman, but uh, close to the last is Ethan Bear. I gave him a D. Yeah, I gave him an F. Um, <laughs> Ethan Bear has been the biggest disappointment on this roster. Pure and simple. I, I see some people continually trying to defend him. What's there? What 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 can you do say to defend him? He has literally almost no upside. He hasn't proven it. For one good play he makes, he makes three bad ones. I mean, it it just it doesn't matter. Ethan Bear has not played well. If you sign him again, it's one year. You give him one more chance, but you make sure you have someone else on your roster who can play, because. Ethan Bear has not been good. It's been a disaster to watch him. He turns the puck over like it's clockwork. It's it's frustrating to watch. He reminds me a little bit of Jake Bean, to be honest. Just a little bit. Yes, and I don't believe Rod Brendamore would trust him in double overtime. Yeah. I think he would trust Brendan Smith more. I trust Brendan Smith I more. do, too. I gave Brendan Smith a B. I think Brendan Smith has been solid. He's done what you asked him to do. I gave him a C+. Plus. And that you know that's fair too. He's met expectations. He comes in. He does what he needs to do. He, he plays well. He's, he's more tough. consistency than Ethan yes. Bear. I believe, and I agree. Ethan Bear's upside is it better than Brendan Smith's? Yeah. Ethan Bear's younger, but where is it? it? Doesn't exist. It's not there. I'd rather have Brady Shea, quarterback, power play unit number two, than Ethan Bear. Yeah, I would agree. I, just, I don't. I don't see. I don't see the play that we wanted from him. So, in my opinion, this is it. How he plays in the playoffs will determine his future. As of he would have to play unbelievable. He would have to be lights out in the playoffs for us to, I think, re-sign him. He is an RFA, so we might trade him. I think we do trade him. Yeah, as do I. M- more so than I think Natchez. He he is smoking something. If he thinks he's going to get a raise, as he does not deserve it. Um, I would much rather pay Ian Cole or Brendan Smith, whatever he thinks he earns. So, yeah, uh, I don't like Bear. And and with bad. this re-signing of Jalen Chatfield, I think that's probably going to be our future, yes. uh, it, committing to him rather than Ethan Bear. I, I think so, too. I think Chatfield's been better than Ethan Bear, but Ethan Bear is on the NHL contract where Chatfield is not. And, you re- I mean, at that point, you're still going to play Smith and Cole over Chatfield. Yes. Now we get to the goalies. Uh, they have played above my expectations, both yes, of them. Absolutely. Um, I thought with both goalies had a little bit of a rough patch there, but not every goalie's perfect. No, even Shostarkin had rough. Patch. Yes. So I gave Anderson an A, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I gave Ranta a B plus, but I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna give him an A because I think he deserves it too. I gave Auntie Ranta a minus, and I gave Frederick Anderson a plus. They are both. I mean, they just won the Jennings Trophy. It's hard to not rate them well. Like you even you even changed it to giving him an A. I think they've earned it. I think they've played so well this year. This has been, this has been the one. This team has had the best goaltending 
than teams and Pat than, than the Hurricanes have in the past. That's been fantastic. I'm so happy for this organization that they have two goalies who they trust. Doesn't matter if it's Ronta or Anderson. And now Kochetkov, they can start any one of those goalies and they can think they think they can win. I agree. It doesn't matter who's in net. Carolina's defense is going to shut you down. And if they don't, their goalies are going to make good saves. Freddie Anderson has been unbelievable. Antti Ranta has been unbelievable. And Kachetkov in a small sample size has been unbelievable. So I, I believe in these goalies. A minus, A plus, well-deserved. They, exactly. They've earned it. They've earned it. And at the time we're, we're, when we are recording this right now, um, we got an update that Anderson uh, touched the ice today. And we're recording this on a Sunday. That's what was reported. Very happy to hear that because my, my guess is that Anderson will be playing probably later in the first round. Um, not not now. I still think it's going to be Kotrikov and uh, Ranta uh, between the pipes, uh, probably uh, balancing that workload between both of them. Uh, but I do think Anderson will be back probably late in the first round. And now we can finally preview... Round one, Boston versus Carolina. And we actually have a question that you posted on Twitter of asking questions. We have one uh, about uh, the playoffs. And uh, Bailey Curtis from Twitter, since you posed the que- the uh, asking, yeah. would you like to ask the question? Yeah, so they're asking us, what do you guys think um, need to be our biggest focus during the series with Boston? And who would you guys ideally like to face in round two? Well, I think the biggest focus needs to be shutting down the top top line of Boston, of Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Shut them down. Boston's got nothing else after that. I would play the stall line against them yes. because I think they play a similar style. Uh, stall line's very a very grinding line. I think that could go go well. Yes, absolutely. And I think a thing just to focus on in that series is goaltending. They are virtually unknown. Swayman and Allmark are unknown commodities in the playoffs. Yes, Ranta is as well as Kochetkov, and Anderson is a known commodity, and it's not good. So I think goaltending will be interesting to watch in this series. Who wins that goaltending battle? Is it Swayman and Allmark, or is it Kochetkov, Ranta, and then Anderson when he's healthy? That's the one question. I think clearly uh, Carolina has a better offense. Yes. Uh, now, when it comes to star power, I do think Boston might ha- – you, you could argue, I would say, Boston might have it with Pasternak and Bergeron. But even then, I, I don't think Bergeron played as well as he's done in years prior yes. uh, to this year. Um, but one thing that I think even Boston fans can agree on is we have more depth in our forward group than Boston does. One of the reasons we lost to Boston um, the last two times, the two times we lost to them was Boston's depth offense was better than ours. Just was just clear cut better. And their defense was shut down. Fantastic. Yes. They acquired Hampus Lindholm, but I don't think it benefited. I don't think it improved them enough to the point where it would have stopped us from racking up six goals, seven goals against Boston like we did this season, shutting Boston out. So I think it's important to recognize 
that Carolina might not have the Pasternaks, the Bergerons, or the Marchands on the team. But Ajo is good. He can match up at least. Yeah, he with can match up players. with Bergeron at center. He can. Um, he can. He's and, and I think he's better than Marchand. Um, I think Svechnikov is just a little bit below uh, Pasternak and offensive scoring capabilities, but Pasternak's on the first line. Svechnikov may be on that second unit, and if he's not, Teravainen is. I mean, I I feel the depth of this. I think the depth is one of the important things to look at, too, because depth of this team is more so than Boston. Yeah, and you need depth more in the playoffs. On the blue line, on the forward groups, and in goal. Boston has two goalies. Carolina now has three legit goaltenders who can win. And if Anderson comes back, that's a problem for Boston. Yes, as long as Anderson plays... Like he did during the regular season. Exactly. Yeah, that's a We don't know too. what Anderson will do in the playoffs. In the past, he has not been good. The hope is he will be good now. Well, part of it, too, is because Toronto's defense, I don't think, was as good as no, no, ours. No. So I think that's part of it, too. Um, and also, I mean, I like Campus Lindholm. I do. I, as, I, I do as well. So uh, Carolina would try and try and make a run for him. Um, I mean, Hampus Lindholm is obviously on that top pair with M- McAvoy, but yeah. that's one pair compared yeah. to Slavin and D'Angelo. I think um, Lindholm McAvoy can ma- can somewhat match up. I think probably a little bit more better defensively. Um, because that pair of ours of Slave and D'Angelo, uh, I, I, um, I probably would want Lindholm maybe just a tad bit over D'Angelo, but I think that's uh, the top pair for each teams on the defense really match up against each other. But when you go again, when you go down, our second pairing defenseman of Pesci and Shea, that wins to me, in my opinion, against their second pair. Likewise, of our third-pairing defenseman and their their third-pairing def- defenseman. So. I agree. I think it's going to be a really good series. And I've said it before. I said it. I think I've said it the last few weeks. Carolina needed to play Boston or Tampa Bay in the first round. And people are like, whoa, whoa, why would you want to play those two? Because it's important to exercise demons early. The only teams to knock Carolina out the last three years have been Boston twice and Tampa Bay once. You want to take care of that early. Because it gives you confidence. It gives you momentum. It makes you think the only team who beat us is out. Nothing can stop us. You want that confidence going into round two, three, and four. You want to have that confidence built. And beating Boston will give Aho a huge boost of confidence. As oh, well it would. Svechnikov, Taravainen, Trocek, Slavin. The guys, that have been, the guys that have been around here during the, the past, what, two times where yes. we lost. Nina Ryder. It's huge to beat. Boston. Huge. I think that's great. And then if Tampa Bay falls before you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, there's nobody left in the playoffs that you have not beaten. 
Now, Florida is still. That you have not been able to beat in the past. That's true. Florida is also a team that has not advanced in the first round or passed the first round in many, many years, just like Toronto. So Toronto and Florida, like I said, they have their own demons to exercise. The top teams have it. Toronto, Carolina, Florida, Colorado, Calgary. Those are like the top five teams in, in, in the NHL. We dominated the West. Yes, and no. we did. All these teams have demons to exercise in the first round, some in the second round. So it's huge. This first round is huge for these teams who are like number one. Edmonton, you could throw Edmonton in there too. Oh my goodness. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, elite players just do nothing in the playoffs. So can they do it? Right against LA, maybe I think their greatest enemy is going to be Jonathan Quick, and um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I actually have picked the Los Angeles Kings over Edmonton because really? until Edmonton gives me a reason to believe they can do it, I don't. Until um, Toronto gives me a reason to believe they can do it, I don't. I picked Tampa Bay. It's hard for me to vote against Andre Vasilevsky in that series. Same here. And I pick Carolina in, I think they do it in, in five or six, because I don't think Boston can hang on that long. Yeah. Now, the, the second part of that, uh, of Bailey's question, who would, you, would we ideally face for round two? What's your opinion? Uh, my opinion would probably... Uh, I don't know why I feel more confident against Pittsburgh than I do against the Rangers. But that's that's my opinion. I think Crosby and Mulkin could just turn it on like that, though. They're still dangerous. I, I think it's tough. Second round opponent. I think a lot of this is also expecting Washington to lose. Um, which I do. I think ideally New York. Interesting. Because I would t- rather take my chances with Shesterkin and Georgiev than with Crosby and Malkin. Hmm. And New York is not a team that has won Stanley Cups. But Crosby and Malkin have. I can see that. So to me... I would rather go with the team that's not doesn't have the winning culture that Pittsburgh has. I think Carolina wins a series against either of those teams. I think it would be simpler to do so against the Rangers. But I think both series would be fun. Oh, yeah, they would. Both series would have PNC Arena rocking and have fans at each other's throats because we all know that Pittsburgh fans, Rangers fans, Boston fans travel and live here. So I've argued. I know a Boston fan. I'm, I'm so not mentioning sorry. his name, but I'm I know so a Boston. Sorry. He's not he's not a jerk though. He's a Boston fan. He has oh to be my a jerk. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We we love all you Boston fans, not really. But um I believe I, I believe this. I've seen it done. Other teams do this. I think we should do this. I think it should be done. I think they should be they should have regional blackouts for the game for Carolina Hurricanes games when they play teams mm-hmm. like Boston, Pittsburgh, New York. Player team yes, a lot of their fans live here and I recognize that there's nothing you can do there. 
But I, I think to help with home ice, you regionally block out buying tickets because you can do that. So do it. Sell tickets only, make them only available in North Carolina, South Carolina. I don't know why they don't. If you want to release them to full public, like day of, sure, go ahead. Whatever's left, you want them, you can buy them. But it's all prices. It's also all about getting money, though. So I mean, sadly true. That that, that, that that's the heart of it all. But yeah, uh, thank you, Bailey. Uh, for, um, who uh gave us that question on Twitter. Uh, we hope uh, you can uh give us more questions that we like to talk about absolutely the hurricanes feel free to tweet us feel free to send us direct messages we'll answer your questions we like to interact with y'all um we'll be at the playoffs you will yep i will we'll be there one of us will be at every game for sure throughout the entire playoff run from game one to the end of this to the end of the playoffs whether that's hoisting the cup or whether it's another heartbreaking year. But I think it's a good year. I'm confident on my brackets. I've picked the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup. I believe they can do it. I believe we can be a favorite. I think we are a favorite to win. I think this is going to be fun. And then each playoff series will come back to you. We might do something short in the interims. But I think what we've thought about because of how the playoffs are at the end of each series, we're going to recap the series, talk about the games. Yes. So next, the next series. So next Monday, we will not be doing an episode unless Carolina uh, wins un- it in four. Yeah. Unless Carolina wins in four. Uh, but, uh, if they don't, don't expect an episode next Monday. Uh, but after the series, we will release one, uh, the following week on that Monday. And remember, if you like this episode, please rate it, leave a comment. And if you like it, please share it too. Also follow us on Twitter. Uh, we post uh, pretty regularly on there. And we also have um, our own uh, league for the bracket challenge challenge. It's on our Twitter. You can go to it. If you are interested, I am Sam Wallace. I am Sam Driscoll. Have a nice week, everybody. See ya.